0: Amen, amen. You may have a seat. Welcome, everyone, to the vineyard. My name is Christian Root. I'm the associate pastor here. It's so good to be with you all today. Why don't we pray and then we're going to jump in, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, I, I thank you so much for the gift of worship. Just being able to, to praise your name and reflect and thank you for all the riches that we have in Christ. You are so good, you are so kind. Thank you, God, for the gift of your grace. Thank you for the gift of your Son. And now I I ask, Father, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Would you put power on my words? Would you help me to articulate clearly and in a way that honors the text and honors you, Lord? We love you, Jesus. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and would you move in hearts in this place for your glory and honor? Amen. Amen. Middle of a series that we're calling Reclaiming Our Identity. And over the course of this series, we've been looking at a, a pivotal passage in Scripture, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And if you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we've been referring to this passage as the early church's thumbprint, as, as the thumbprint. This passage, in other words, is the, the prime identity marker of the early church. And as followers of Jesus who are living 2,000 years later, our, our desire is to model our own church, our own lives, after the thumbprint of the early church that we find in Acts chapter 2. And so let's look at the thumbprint of the early church together. This is what we read in Acts 2, 42-47. Those who are being saved. Amen. Now, throughout this series, we, we've been looking at, at different characteristics of, of the early church. And, and today, I want us to hone in on verse 43. So let's look at verse 43 again. This is what we read. We're told that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And, and these apostles were performing the signs and wonders because they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Friends, if we we want to model ourselves after the thumbprint of the early church, then we're called to to pursue and perform the gifts of the Spirit that we find in Scripture. It's not enough to simply affirm that that God is, is capable of giving these gifts to his people should he so choose. We're called to desire these gifts, to stir up our faith for these gifts, and to step out in faith and exercise these gifts as the Lord leads now, before we go any further, we need to define what we mean when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. There's a few different passages that lay out the gifts, but I want us to look at the list which occurs in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, and so let's head there now. This is what we read, 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11. Paul says this, he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, now some of you right now, I know, are are squirming in your seat a a bit. And and you're squirming because you're thinking to yourself, why can't he just teach about a nice parable? You know, why why can't we just go to a nice instructive story from the Old Testament and, 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 and camp out there? Why do we have to venture into the weird? You know, perhaps you're, you're squirming because you had a really rough experience in a previous church that pursued the, the gifts. You were part of another church, and you saw how their, their fixation on the gifts created a, a lack of biblical balance in the church. The, the gospel was pushed to the periphery so that they could pursue these gifts. Or, or maybe you grew up in a ch- church that attempted to exercise the gifts in ways that, quite frankly, were just manipulative. Manipulative. And you couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. You couldn't tell what was God and what wasn't. You couldn't tell if people were falling down because the Spirit of God was moving in, in your midst or, or if it was because the pastor was just pushing down with all of his weight and trying to get them to fall. You, you didn't know what was God and what wasn't. And, and so knowing how easy it is for churches to fall off the rails as they run after these spiritual gifts, well, why am I suggesting that we should still be pursuing the gifts. Well, I I could give a lot of reasons, quite frankly, but let me give you just one. We want to be a church that pursues spiritual gifts because God's word commands us to. God's word commands us to. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes a letter to the church in Corinth. And if you've ever read this letter, you know that the church in Corinth was a hot mess. It was a complete hot mess. Let me, let me give you just a few of the highlights of what was going on in the church of Corinth. There, were, there was a tremendous amount of infighting and quarreling among the church. They were at each other's throats. I, I know that's hard for us to believe that a church could ever have some infighting, but we'll just leave that there. There was sexual immorality within church, including a case of incest. There was lawsuits among the believers. They were suing each other. They were taking each other to court. They were abusing the Lord's Supper. The wealthy among them were gorging themselves on food and getting drunk while they met together, while the poor among them didn't have any food to eat. And they were foolish about their use of the spiritual gifts. They were speaking in tongues as they gathered for church, making themselves the least seeker-friendly church of all time because no one could tell what they were saying. And so if anyone new showed up to the church in Corinth, it was going to get weird real quick because they were just speaking in gibberish. And so if I'm Paul and I'm writing a letter to the church in Corinth, here's what I'm saying. If if I'm in his position, for the next year, I I would say we're we're going back to the basics, okay? We're going to talk about the gospel and we're going to talk about character development. Don't talk to me about tongues. That's what I would be saying. Don't talk to me about tongues. Don't talk to me about miracles. Don't talk to me about prophecy because I I just don't want to hear it. We're going to work on character development. We're going to get back to basic discipleship because you guys are missing the mark. You guys are just flying off the rails. But that's not what Paul says at all. Remarkably, that's not what Paul says at all, and that's why he's the Apostle Paul, and I'm not. <laughs> Paul says, listen, we're going to talk about character. He spends a great deal of 1 Corinthians talking about their character. And he says, we're going to talk about the gospel. That's what we looked at last week. 1 Corinthians 15, that's this letter where he says, let me me again bring you back to the gospel. But he also says, "I, I want to talk to you about the gifts. I want you to continue to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. If there was ever a context in which you'd expect Paul to say, let's just tone it down a bit, let's just cool it with the gifts for a moment, it would be the church in Corinth, but that's not what he said. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Paul says this. He says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts eagerly desire the greater gifts and by greater gifts Paul is referring to those gifts that build up the church such as Prophecy as opposed to those gifts that simply build up an individual like the gift of tongues And this word that we translate eagerly desire comes from a Greek word Which literally means to boil to burn and so Paul is saying I-, I want you to burn to boil inside for these greater gifts and he doesn't just say this once, he says it twice. So in First Corinthians 14, he says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire. Again, that's that same word, burn, boil for the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Because again, prophecy is a gift which builds up others. And I love this because here, here's the progression that we find in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul comes to the church or he writes to the church and he says, listen guys, I want you to burn for these gifts. But then there's a little bit of a course correction and he says, but I want you to know 1 Corinthians 13, love is, is ultimate. Love is, is our, our highest aim. Uh, love is, is even more important than the gifts. But then he comes back around in 1 Corinthians 14, and he says, yeah, 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 love is important, but also desire the gifts. It's like he just can't help himself. He's like, desire the gifts. Yes, we know that love is better, but also desire the gifts. I love that. just can't help himself. And so here's how I want to spend the rest of our time together. I want to spend the rest of our time asking, how can we be faithful to Paul's commands? Well, what does it look like to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit in, the, in Grove City, Ohio, in, in 2019? So let's let's just jump in. Let's jump in. Here's my first point: We eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit by praying, by praying for them. Friend, let me ask you a question: When was the last time you actively prayed for a gift of the Spirit? Have you done this before? Have you sat down with a a list that you find in 1 Corinthians 12, for example, or or Romans 12, and actively prayed that you might receive these gifts? Have you prayed that you might receive the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing or or the gift of the distinguishing of spirits, which is the ability to discern if a, a person or a situation is of the Lord or of the enemy? Have you prayed for these gifts? Are you praying for these gifts currently? I love Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. This is going to be familiar for many of you. This is what Jesus says. He's teaching his disciples on, about prayer. And he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, ouch, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love this. Listen, I've said this many times before. I am cheap. I'm cheap. Frugal, yeah, you could say that. I'm just, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I don't like spending money on anything. But my my little boy's got a a birthday coming up. And you better believe, I, I am excited to give this kid some gifts. Spend some money on my little boy. Jesus is saying, look, look, if you, though you have all kinds of junk in your heart, Like to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's like he's saying, test the father on this. Just test him. Just try him. And you're going to find he's more generous than you understand. Test him. Friend, listen. The the average Christian's approach to spiritual gifts, it sounds like this. It sounds like this. It it sounds like, I I believe that the Lord still heals. I, I believe that theoretically. I believe that the Lord can still speak prophetically through people. And if the Lord wants to use me, he can use me. He knows where I live. He he knows where I'm at. If the Lord wants to use me, he can use me. All of the responsibility is placed on who? It's placed on God. It's all up to him. But friends, this is not how growth in God's kingdom works. Do you know this? If we want to grow in any of our area in our walk with the Lord, we need to partner with God. And that partnership always begins with prayer. And so are you asking, are you actively asking, Father, would you give me these greater gifts? Would you give me the gifts of the Spirit? You know, I, I think for a lot of Christians, when, we, when they see Jesus for the first time, they're going to be tempted to ask, why did my Christian experience feel so different from what I saw in the Bible? You ever ever thought this? Well, why does my Christian experience just feel so different from what I saw in the Bible? Why why did I never see any miraculous healings? Why did I never see a church set on fire? Why didn't I see the miracles that I saw performed throughout the book of Acts? And and in that moment, I I think Jesus is going to say, well, you never asked. You never asked. D.L. Moody said this. He said, some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. The way to trouble God, he said, is to not come at all. The way to trouble God is to not come at all. So if we want to pursue the, the gifts of the Spirit, we need to pray. We need to ask for them. Secondly, we desire the gifts of the Spirit by practicing. By practicing. We pray and then we practice. Now here's what I mean by practicing. We have to look for every opportunity that we can to exercise the gifts. So let me highlight a couple of ways that you can practice a prophetic gifting, for example. At, At our home group, after each teaching, we take a couple of minutes to be quiet in the presence of the Lord. We do this every group. You could easily do this at your group as well. We take a couple minutes to just be silent before God. And for millennials to be silent before God for even three minutes is, is kind of excruciating for half of our group, but we, we do it anyway. Just take three minutes and dial down and ask the Lord to speak. And then after that, that three-minute time of waiting, we, we just open it up and, and anyone can share what they might have received from the Lord. It's a safe place, a safe context for people to share. And even if, if no one connects with their word, it's okay. Because we're all learning, we're all trying to figure out together what it looks like to hear God's voice. And so someone might say, well, I, I saw this picture. Someone might say, I, I, heard, I, I heard this phrase, or I, I, I felt drawn to this particular Bible verse. Does that connect with anyone? And, and it's in this context where we have a safe pray, place to just throw stuff out there that, that we, we learn to hear God's voice. We learn to discern what is of God and what isn't. And it, it is so encouraging when, when you can share in a group of, of, of 10, 15 people, hey, I, I saw this picture, and have someone else in the group say, I, I saw that same picture too. Or, or to say, I, I, I don't know if this connects with anyone, but I, I was hearing this song lyric and have someone say, that is exactly what my life feels like right now. And in that context, not only are we encouraging one another and blessing one another, but we're also learning how to hear God's voice. You can do that. Secondly, you can practice your prophetic gifting every time you pray for someone. Here's how this works. When praying for someone, resist the urge to begin praying right away. This is what we do. And so, so someone comes up to you at church or someone comes up to you at home group and, and they say, can, can you pray for me? And you say, sure. What do you need prayer for? Well, I, I, got, I got a back that's just killing me and my financial situation is not great right now. Will you pray for me? So what do we do? We say, sure, we, we slap a hand on their shoulder and we just barrel into praying right, right away. God, would you bless my brother and my sister's back? Would you, would you bless their financial situation? And we're just in there praying, boom, done, and we're good. And that's, that's still a blessing. That's, that's still prayers that are coming before the Lord. But, but I, I think we, we do ourselves a disservice when we don't create some space for the Lord to speak. And so here's what I try to do when I pray for people. I try to wait at least 30 seconds before starting to pray. And it can be a little awkward. So sometimes I even say, hey, I'm just going to take a little bit of time to wait, and then I'm going to pray for you. And what we're doing in that 30 seconds is we're giving the Holy Spirit space to speak. It's as if we're saying to the Holy Spirit, no, after you. No, after you. No, no, please, after you. I'm asking the Lord in that time, what do you want to say? What are you doing, okay? I have a brother here that has got hurt back and a, and a rough financial situation, but is there anything else going on? Anything else that you're doing in his or her life. And friends, often in that space, God will give me something. And I'll, I'll still pray for their back. I'll still pray for their financial situation. I, I'm, not, you, you know, I'm, I'm not the one who's, who's called to judge what they need prayer for or not. But often, I'll throw in something else that the Lord has given me. And that's often the thing that they'll comment on after. That's often the thing that is most encouraging for them. Because the Lord sees them and cares enough about them to bring something else up. So just create some space, 30 seconds. Is there anything you're doing? Is there any picture you want to give me? Is there anything that you want me to share? Now now you might ask, well, well, Christian, okay, but what if I wait for 30 seconds and nothing happens? All I hear is the growl in my stomach because it's after lunch and I'm just hungry. Well, then you just start praying like normal. And oftentimes, I'll find that if I just start praying because I haven't heard anything from the Lord, as soon as I start praying, the Lord will just drop something into my lap. And I think it's because I've honored the Lord. I've created space for him to speak so that when I start praying, he's like, here you go. Here's a little nugget. Here you go. Here's something I want them to know. And so one of the ways you can practice growing in the prophetic, just give the Lord space. Resist that urge to just start praying right away because silence can be awkward. Or let's look at a different gift just quickly. How, how might you practice the gift of Healing. Well, this is an easy one. If you see someone that's injured or you know that someone's sick, offer to pray for them. Don't just offer to pray for them in the future when you're at home and you're lazy boy. Offer to pray for them on the spot. And if you're, if you're serious about pursuing the gifts, I would recommend making a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I commit to you, whatever context I'm in, whether it's at work or at Arby's, if I see someone who's sick, if I, if I see someone who's injured, or has a cast on them, I'm just going to pray for them. They can tell me no. That's fine. I'm gonna be cordial and friendly and bless them. But I'm, I'm just—if I see someone, I'm gonna pray. Just this week, I read a story about a missionary who prayed for blind men, women, and children for an entire year to be healed, and didn't see anything happen. So for an entire year, she went out with a team into to remote villages into the bush, and, and they would gather around, and she would look for any blind men or women or children, anyone who had vision problems of any kind, and she would offer to pray for them. And for a year, she saw nothing, no healings, nothing, no movement at all. She kept praying, she kept praying, she kept praying, and then finally, after about a year, she prayed for three blind people in a row, and they all received sight. And now she has this amazing ministry where, where she is seeing blind people healed left and right. She's seeing the deaf here left and right. And she has discovered what has always been true in God's kingdom. God loves to give anointing to people who he knows are going to use the gift. God loves to give anointing to people who he knows are going to use the gift. He loves to give the gift of healing to to those who he knows are going to pray for people who are sick. Loves to give the gift of prophecy to those who he knows are going to have the courage to actually share the word. And so how do we pursue the gifts? We, we practice, we practice, we practice. Now, now some of you might be saying, well, that's great, Christian, but, but you need to understand all of this is new for me. And, and I don't even know where to begin. I, I've never even heard about the gifts of the Spirit before. So, I, I, like, this is just a lot for me right now. And I, I get that. I get that. So if that's where you're at right now, let me, let me just offer you two suggestions of just an easy way to start. If you're feeling like, this feels pretty overwhelming, praying for people at work. I, I can't even pray for people at church. Like, let, me, let me give you two easy on-ramps. No, number one, you can attend our, our next prayer training, which we'll host this winter. And at this training, we'll talk about how to pray for people. We'll talk about how to, to begin exercising the gifts of the Spirit. This, this is. This is a great training to attend if you you just want to wade into the water of the gifts of the Spirit. And and then secondly, my, my advice to you would be read good books. Read good books. You know, if you've been around for a while, you know that I, I like to give book recommendations from time to time, and, and I have just been, to be honest, I've been so encouraged over the last few weeks, as, as some of you have stopped me in the hallway, or you, you've sent me an email and said, hey, I'm reading The Heavenly Man by Brother Yoon right now, or I'm, I'm, I'm reading More by Simon Ponsonby. That is so encouraging to me. So let me, let me just give you a, a few book recommendations for those of us who want to press into more of The Gifts of the Spirits. And if you don't have a pen on you right now or you're not a fast writer, then shoot me an email and uh, I'll send you this list. Number one, if, if you want to read a book that offers a great introduction into the various spiritual gifts, I recommend a book called Everyday Supernatural, Living a Spirit-Led Life Without Being Weird by a pastor named Mike Pilavacci. Now this book is worth, worth the money just for the subtitle alone, isn't it? Living a spirit-led life without being weird. I I love that. And Mike Pilavachi is a great pastor. He's a pastor in the UK. He's a longtime friend of the Vineyard. He just spoke at the the National Vineyard Conference in Dayton. Gave an amazing talk. If you want just an introduction, kind of a broad intro into the gifts of the Spirit, this is where I would start. Secondly, if you want to do a bit of a a deeper dive on praying for healing, I I highly recommend a book by Alexander Venter called Doing Healing. Alexander is another amazing pastor, has an amazing story. Can't get into right now, but he's a a South African vineyard pastor. This is a great book. There there are so many books on praying for the sick, and and I have not read them all. But for my money, of the ones I've read, this is the one that that I would start. This is where I would start, doing healing. And then lastly... If you want to read a book with lots of good stories that are just going to stir up your desires for the gifts and increase your faith, I'd recommend a book by Robbie Dawkins called Do What Jesus Did. It's an amazing book. Just good stories of what God is doing all over the place and how you can partner with the Holy Spirit. You know, books, I, I, listen, I, I know that not all of us are readers. I understand that not all of us have the time to read, so there's no pressure. This isn't like, you know, for those of you who are super spiritual, you get an extra sticker if you read these books. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, books can be tremendous tools to stir up our faith, to increase our hunger for a move of God, and to prepare us for what's next. It's, it's amazing how many times in, in my life I can look at a book that I read and God put it in my hands because he knew what was coming next. And so th- these, these can be an amazing tool for us. Now, lastly, my last point here, we eagerly desire this, the gift of the Spirit by positioning ourselves to be filled by positioning ourselves to be filled. Now, here's what I mean. Throughout the New Testament and throughout church history, men and women who have been used to exercise the gifts of the Spirit with power often receive these gifts through a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit in which the gifts were imparted to them. And so, for example, in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God falls on the believers during Pentecost, and immediately after, what do we see? There's this huge flood of new signs and wonders in their midst. Or in Acts chapter 4, the early church prays that God would stretch out his hands and perform signs and wonders in their midst. Do you remember this story? And then after praying, the, the, the place where they were, were praying, it it literally shook. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit were performed in greater measure. So if we want to be people who operate in the gifts, then we need to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the way we seek this infilling of the Spirit is by positioning ourselves in environments where the Spirit is more likely to fall. We position ourselves in places where the Spirit of God is more likely to fall. When I was a new believer, I was attending a men's prayer meeting on, on OSU's campus. So there was a group of us guys, different campus ministries. would get together on Monday nights to pray for OSU, not just for the football games, but also for the campus and, and that God would move in our midst. And I remember one Monday night, we're praying together, just a group of guys, a group of undergrads, and, and one of the guys stopped the meeting, and he said, I, I feel like we're supposed to pray for the gift of tongues. Now, I, I had known the Lord for less than a year at this point. I'm probably like 21 at this point, and that sounded really weird to me, but because I had only been in the, the part of the church for a few months, everything about church was weird to me, so I just said, okay, let's go for it, right? Let's Let's pray for the gift of tongues, whatever that means. So we, we took turns, we laid hands on guys and went around the circle, laid hands and asked for the, the Spirit of God to come and asked for people to receive the gift of tongues. And So we went around the circle and finally it came time for me to, to receive prayer. As they laid their hands on me, I felt the Spirit of God and after a few minutes I began to, to speak out in a language that wasn't English. Now, it wasn't Mandarin or Arabic either, but it wasn't English. It was, it was a special prayer language that had been given to me. And I'm listen, I am so thankful for the gift of tongues. Some of you might say, well, why would you ever want such a weird thing? I, I get that. But, you know, when I pray in tongues, I feel the presence of the Lord. It, it just helps me quickly get into God's presence when I begin to pray in tongues. Or there have been times over the last 13 years where I've been praying for something so fervently. I've been so desperate that I began praying in tongues without even realizing it that I just slipped from English to to tongues it was almost as if you know English just didn't cut it in that moment and I needed to pray in the heart language I am so thankful that I received that gift now if you were to ask me why did you why did you receive the gift of tongues Well, I I would be able to say because God sovereignly decreed that I was going to receive this gift. And and I would be correct in saying that, theologically. But I I think I would also be equally correct if I said, why did I receive the gift of tongues? Because I was just in the room. Because I was present. I was in the room. I had positioned myself to receive just by showing up. Because I was in the room, I received the gift. You know, listen. I'm going to get ready to close here. After Jesus' resurrection, Paul tells us that Jesus revealed himself to over 500 people. So we can surmise then that there were at least 500 followers of Jesus around the time of, of Pentecost. But here's what's crazy. Luke tells us that there were only around 120 people present in the upper room when the Spirit of God fell at Pentecost. So there was about 400 people who just weren't there. Can you imagine being a follower of Jesus and missing out on the day of Pentecost? You know, you show up to work the next day and you you run into a a buddy from church and you're like, hey, how was the prayer meeting yesterday? He says to you, well, it's a pretty strong prayer meeting. You know, we're we're praying and all of a sudden the Spirit of God fell in the room and next thing we know there's tongues of fire hovering over us and then we began speaking in different languages. And, And then it got so crazy that we had to take things outside and then Pete... Pete actually began preaching, and 3,000 people were saved. It was a pretty strong prayer meeting. Imagine how you would feel if you had just missed it. And why did they miss it? Why, why did they miss it? Because they hadn't positioned themselves to receive. Because they weren't in the room. Listen, church, I want to be in the room when the Spirit of God falls. I want to be in the room when it falls whether it's at this church or at some conference or some other context. I I just want to be there when it falls. I want to be there. And so I want to position myself, and I want us as a church to position ourselves to receive. You know, in just over a month, we're going to be hosting a conference called Come Holy Spirit, Adam was just talking about it. And and if you want to receive more of the Spirit, if you want to step into the gifts that God has for you, then I would recommend positioning yourself at this event. I would recommend setting aside the weekend now. Let me end with this quote. I've quoted Heidi Baker to you before, and I'm I'm just always going to share this quote. This is not going to be the last time you hear me offer this quote this is what she says she says in the kingdom of God the hungry always get fed I love that in the kingdom of God the hungry always get fed and and I would I would like if I may humbly to add to her great quote and, and this is what I would say as well in the kingdom of God you can tell who the hungry ones are because they're the ones hanging out in the kitchen they're the ones who are positioning themselves to receive. They're the ones who are, who are coming forward and, and praying for others or receiving prayer every week. They're the ones who are showing up at home g- group weekend and wake week out. And they're the ones who are showing up early to church because they just don't want to miss a note of worship. And they're the ones, friends. They're the ones, the hungry ones, the ones who are hanging out in the kitchen. They're the ones who are in the room and the Spirit of God falls. You want to receive more you want to, to step into all that God has for you, you want to you walk in the gifts of the Spirit, then you need to position yourself to receive it. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand? I'm going to invite the worship team up now. Now, here, here's what I want to do as we, we close. Uh, I want to give us the opportunity to pray. And I want to give us the opportunity to practice. You've already positioned yourself simply by being here. We've got the third point down for today. But I, I want to create some space for us to, to lean into this. So here's what I want to do. If you're on our prayer team, can you head to either side of the stage now? If you, you've been trained to pray, if you've gone through that prayer training that I referenced earlier, can you head to either side of the stage? And this is our opportunity to practice. But we also want to pray and we want to lean in, for those of us who are just hungry right now, for more of the gifts. And so if you're someone who who would say, you know, I'm just hungry for more. I want to be used to see someone physically healed. I want to be used to speak encouragement and blessing as God gives me a prophetic word for someone else, or gives me a prophetic word for the church. If you're someone who would just say, I want to lean into this. I want to obey Paul's command to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And we just want to pray for you. We want to lay a hand on you. We're going to wait 30 seconds before we pray for you. And then we want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fall on you. You know, I I had a series of... I had a series of encounters with the Lord not long after coming... um, to know Jesus, in which I, I came forward to a service just like this, and people laid hands on me and they prayed for me, and the spirit of God was present, and afterwards I began to hear the lord 's voice doesn 't just happen i didn 't wake up one day and say, "Oh, okay, I, I think I have a prophetic gift. No it happened as real people, men and women, laid hands on me and imparted to me a spiritual gift. You want a spiritual gift, this is a great place to start, get some prayer. And so if that's you right now, if you would just say, I, I want to step into this. I don't even know what that looks like. I, this is all new to me, perhaps. I'm going to do some reading. I'm going to send an email to Christian get some, some further info on this. But I, as much as I can, I, I want to step into this. Why don't you come forward and receive some prayer? And, and then secondly, real quickly, if you're someone who has a physical ailment right now, would you let us practice with you, on you, by by praying for you. You got something going on in your back, your shoulder, your knee, why not let us pray for you? Why not let our team practice praying for healing? And who knows what might happen. So if if you want more of the gifts, why don't you begin to come forward? You want prayer for, for physical healing, why don't you begin to come forward? And for the rest of us, let's worship together.